This station is being brought to you via Nolsoft Shoutcast streaming technology. For more information, visit shoutcast.com. Hi, this is Steve Sansweet, and you are listening to Star Wars on the Left. What is it, R2? Yes, R2. I know all about Star Wars Indirect. It's the live talk show dedicated to the Star Wars universe. A podcast? Don't get technical with me, you funny little twerp. Just go to StarWarsIndirect.com and listen to the live broadcast. Star Wars Indirect is a proud member of the Sci-Fi Podcast Network, tsfpn.com. For years, sci-fi fans have toiled at making fan films, podcasts, and goofy flash animations to obscure techno music. They work hard. Give them their props. Watch, listen, and talk back. <clears throat> at planetfandom.com <laughs> Star Wars on Direct is brought to you by SimpleNet. With SimpleNet, obtain a low-cost advertising for your company or quite simply, a space to put your personal website online. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Communications disruption can mean only one thing. Here they come! The coordinates mark the beam, it's pulling us in. You may fire when ready. Commence primary ignition. Welcome to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. And for some reason, we cannot hear ourselves anymore. I can, you just have to turn up the volume a little bit. Oh, thank you, Brian, for mentioning that to me. Am I on the air? I can't hear myself. So sad. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this edition of Star Wars on Direct for September 13, 2005. I'm joined tonight by my friend Brian, because Danny flew over to France to ask his girlfriend to marry him. I doubt... you think he's going to do that? I don't know. I hope he's going to pop the question. He's not going to do that. He said it so many times. They're not going to get married. It's Paris. It's Paris. The magic of Paris. It's not really... It's not that magical, man. Yeah, you're right. You've been... I've been... Eh. (laughs) Eh. Eh. (laughs) Meh. Okay. Maybe if you're with someone you love. 
So Sebastian, what's our main subject? Tonight? It's it's it just makes it a little bit more special. Here, let me see if I can. Uh, oh, there you go. Okay. So tonight's main main subject is going to be popcorn or Shakespeare, which is which is really Star Wars. You know, we're going to be discussing that a little bit. And I totally forgot to do that. <laughs> All right. So tonight we usually have our usual segments: the Pulse collecting news, the fan audio release, the and news. the community update. Brian. How can people contact us tonight? Oh, you can contact us by by email at sw. Sorry, contact us by email at studio at swndirect.com. That was horrible. Our uh, Star Wars Undirect newsletter, our chat, our webcam, our uh, links to listen to us live, our blog, and our message board are all available. All those links are available on our main page, swndirect.com. That's what you see. And you can also get us on MSN, swndirect at hotmail.com. See, everything starts with swndirect at hotmail.com, except for studio at info and the info one. Yeah. And even the blogs at starwars.com slash swd, so people can also go there. Yeah. Yeah. Sound card's not going to crash tonight, because we're not using the sound card tonight. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Y- all right. <laughs> Ex- however, the producer may crash tonight. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Danny's away, so I'm in charge. That's scary. That's basically the word of the producer today. <laughs> Danny's away. Yay! Danny's away. So the mice will play. The mice will play. That's right. Well, people, we might be encountering some technical difficulties. That's why we started late, for which I apologize. Um, of course, Danny will not know anything about this because hopefully he's not listening to us right now, and I'll be able to edit all that out of the... Uh, what, edit the this out? Is this what we're talking about yeah, right what, now? Yeah, what we're talking about right now. So you're going to go straight from The Mice Will Play to, to go, boom, into the next segment? Into the next segment. Right? So this is, like, uncut. Yeah, that's 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 totally uncut. So I can tell you to fuck off, Sir Ashton. Yeah, if you want to. Yeah, I don't mean it, though. <laughs> that's okay. I love you, man. Could you grab the dildo on the back? No, man. No, no, the, the vibrating one. No, dude, shut up! the gel as well. Okay. So, uh, ladies are listening. Oh, poor little kids. <laughs> Nightmares. I'm sorry. All right. So, people, um, d- did anything happen in your life, Brian, that you would like to share with us? Star Wars related? Yeah, or not? I started school. School is good. Doesn't that suck for you, man? <laughs> I like school. So, how, much, how deep are you into homeworks? <sighs> More than I wish I was. I'm taking a sci-fi class, so it's pretty cool. Keep Hard talking enough. about Star Wars, and I'm like, what are you talking about? You you stupid, stupid film teachers. They don't know anything about Star Wars. And yet they still teach Star yes. Wars. No, they actually were not even seeing Star Wars. It's like this big sci-fi class. Uh-huh. Not even seeing Star Wars. It's pretty lame. But uh, I did actually... Well, Star Wars is actually space opera. I know, and it's not its not quite a sci-fi, pure sci-fi, but, you know, yeah. sci-fi is so broad. Anyway, but what did happen to me, um, you know, what uh, Star Wars related, one of the frequent customers at Dairy Queen came in the other day for his regular milkshake, and we started talking EU over the counter, and my boss comes up, my boss is like, teasing me constantly about Star Wars, because he knows I'm a big fan, and whenever Star Wars comes up, he, like, rouses into me, oh, it's a big addiction, you know, it, and I, I, yeah, it is, it is an addiction for me, almost, and... I just, I start talking to it, and the next day, he's like, oh yeah, I saw it with your buddy, you were talking Star Wars again. You're a bunch of freaks. 
it just happens to be that way. Yeah. And so I we enjoy the, it. And so that's how we live the days of our lives. Yes. I just had a worst idea ever. All right. Well, uh, Ryan, who's with us in the chat tonight? We have Adria, Athlon, Bloodcat, Kasra, and Tigerclaw. All right. Well, with Danny being away, uh, the mice are playing, but I guess there's only one thing we can really do, and it's just, like, keep on going and just say that the show must go on. So we'll be right back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Hi, this is Steve Sansweet, and you are listening to Star Wars on Direct. Welcome to the Pulse for this 13th of September 2005. Um, with the recent um, disasters in uh, New Orleans, uh, Star Wars artist, artist Joe Caroni has um, put up a special uh, Topps Heritage full-color uh, Yoda sketch card, and all proceeds will go to the Hurricane Katrina Relief Fund, and you can uh, place your bid. I'm going to put the link up into the chat. Boom. Um, next on, we have the DVD details of uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh, bleh, Revenge of the Sith. Bleh. Gosh. Almost like two years later since we know the title, and I keep stumbling over it. Um, it'll be available on uh, November 1st, as we already know. Um, there'll be a, a Dolby Digital 5.1 EX track. So, uh, that'll be great. There's going to be a... Uh, Two new featurettes about the uh, prophecy of Anakin Skywalker, uh, an audio commentary, brand new feature-length documentary produced by Lucasfilm, uh, the movies, uh, one and uh, one about the uh, movie's amazing stunts, 15-part collection of Lucasfilm's groundbreaking web documentary series. Well, that's you know debatable how great it was. A two-level playable demo of Star Wars Battlefront Two: The Completing Package. Well, something will be uh, some deleted scenes and trailers. Um, and you can check out all a bunch of little really cool um, screen caps and uh, menus, uh, all kinds of stuff, right at the link I've just posted. Uh, and we also have the uh, Chocolate Empire is returning in uh, November to, to celebrate the release of uh, Revenge of the Sith on DVD. So you'll be able to get them... Target, Walmart, and and all other types of 7-Eleven and uh, other establishments where chocolate bars are sold. Also, another tie-in with Revenge of the Sith coming out on DVD is Burger King is bringing back The Force, so you'll be able to have um, more toys at Burger King. There's 17 toys. Um, there will be four cosmic cruiser, cruisers, four shadow casters, four galactic spinners, four Jedi wisdom toys, plus one Darth Vader chase figure. So you'll be you'll run after that Darth Vader again, Sebastian. Yay! Did you get him last time? Yeah. 
because of Mikael. He's, ah, I see. He, he lives in different mines. And there's like nobody there's, goes to Burger King. Well, nobody likes Star Wars in different mines except him. <laughs> and one other guy who showed up on the boards recently. I thought it was Victoriaville he was in now. Close enough. Yeah, I know. Also, uh, you'll get ready for their six Destiny watches that are like holograms. You can flip them and they change. Um, the wristband change from And they come in nice tin foil cans. Yeah. They're, and don't they come with like a glass as well or something? It, that, it's a tin foil can. Cool. Actually. Little box collectors. Cool. And we worth a lot of money in 20 years from now. Who knows? I don't. Also, um, there's another great uh, sketch artist, uh, Grant Gold. He put up another sketch card of Obi-Wan on with uh, his boga. Um, and you can also, for the uh, Red Cross Katrina Relief Fund, also another one I'm going to put up in the chat. So if you want to go bid on those, we highly encourage it. Also, in Star Wars Galaxies news, um, as of Monday night, better sound edits for the Trials of Obi-Wan has been up and running, requires an active Star Wars Galaxy account. Apparently, some of the uh, developers and community reps were being placed after a directory begun, began running of the building. So I don't know what that means. I'm sure it means something to Galaxy people. It probably does. Also, StarWars.com has released a new hardcover due out in 2007, um, which looks to be the uh, filling the vacant spot by Elizabeth Han's Old Republican book. Um, it'll be written by Michael Reeves and Steve Perry. Um, it's going to be difficult. It will be interesting to see how this novel plays out because it's going to come into conflict maybe with some previously thought um creationist or theories about how the Death Star came to be. Um, it'd be interesting to see how Kyle Katarn and Bria Theron make it into the um, into the story, if at all. If at all. Hopefully they will. Galactic Hunter, the place where you can find the latest Star Wars collectible news from all around the world. From the Hasbro and Kenner lines of action figures, to comics, games, prop collectibles, and events, everything is covered and reviewed. Join our fan community in the Bounty Hunter Collective forums and find all your bounties at www.galactichunter.com. Galactic Hunter, keeping collectors on target. All right, welcome back to this uh, September 13th edition of the Collector News. So, what happened in the past week? Well, uh, there's a very nice little thing that uh, goes into, not Katrina this time around, but uh, actually juvenile diabetes. So, I'm going to read this comment straight coming from uh, Chris Delvecchio from thejawa.com. Hello, friends. I'm reaching out to the Star Wars community in hopes to get their support in the fight against diabetes, particularly juvenile diabetes type 1. Last year my son was diagnosed with a disease and after we, that we decided to help raise money for a cure. Since then we participated in the annual walk to cure diabetes to support the GDRF, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, to help find that cure. This year with approval from Lucasfilm we are allowed to feature Darth Vader along with our mascot, the Chrysoris, the Chrysoris Rex. Chrysosaurus Rex on a special t-shirt to help raise those funds. Please check out the Jawa.com for all the details on how you can help and get a cool limited collectible to boot. 
Thank you for your time, Chris Delvecchio. So yeah, go out to Jawa.com to help raise money for this. Chrisosaurus Rex. Chrisosaurus Rex. It's it's little like dinosaur with a Darth Vader helmet. It's really cool. Cool. And hopefully, I'm going to be able to clear my credit card <laughs> soon enough, so I'm going to be able to actually buy one. Yay! Alright, from Bricks to Bowden posted another Lego image this past weekend, the new TIE Interceptor, coming in January 2006. This exclusive uh, picture comes from the heels of the previous week's V-Wing revelation. If you, for those of you who listened, to, listened in last week, you remember that. Yakface.com puts up a Mace lightsaber for auction for Katrina Relief Fund. You can uh, go on eBay and just check, check it out, or go straight to Yakface.com and follow the links. Again, the Japanese get special things. There's an Attacus Special Edition Boba Fett that's going to be coming out. 200 of these will be made. 200. That's all. Uh, they were produced for blisters for Blister of Japan, and thanks to Slave One, uh, we've got some photo to... Rebels uh, Galactic Hunter got some pictures to, to, to share. Uh, it's a little different paint application than the original Series 1, uh, the, the release that came out, and it sold out quickly, and it had uh, 1,500 pieces. For more information, you can visit Slave One Japan for more pictures of this astonishingly, astoundingly rare piece. Gotta learn to speak again. Yay. So, Brian, do you miss not having been able to go to Comic-Con and get your exclusive holographic Princess Leia? No, because I can probably go in Star Wars shop and buy one right there. But your credit card is loaded, so you can't. Well, that's not a problem, because you can go to Singapore, and you can go into the Toys R Us in Suntec City, and you can actually have them on sale there for twenty-four ninety each in Singapore dollars. That's about, that's about $15 USD. How come, Sebastian? I don't know. Maybe it's because there's some Lucasfilm headquarters opening up in that opened up in Singapore a few months ago. It's interesting, isn't it? So Target's premium line continues, and uh, Galactic Hunter got a, a new look at the Darth Vader and Obi Wan Kenobi package. They're courtesy of their reader Douglas. Thank you, Douglas, for giving us some great images. These figures are due in store soon, but how soon it still remains to be seen. Uh, the pictures are available at the Galactic Hunter. I'm actually going to link to the news in the chat room right now. There you go. By the way, Unleashed isn't cancelled. Well, Unleashed as we know it is cancelled. Well, Unleashed as we know it has been cancelled. That's been confirmed a few months back. Unleashed, uh, Unleashed, however, will finish with uh, Chewie, the Clone Trooper, and Han Solo, Han Solo Stormtrooper. However, it has been pushed back to the, the end of next year. So we're not going to see any more Unleashed until 2006. And they will be the Unleashed Battle Packs. What? Unleashed Battle Packs. Two-inch figures. Yeah. Smaller one. Which are going to be funny and great on your computer desk, but basically that that's where it stops. Aren't they like the bus stops? I hope not. Put your s- put figures t- together. I that would be really bad, and especially more so if you don't know what you're getting in every package. All right, uh, we have. I am playing with my sound. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, great news for those who for those of you who actually missed out on the interactive R two D two in two thousand two. Asbury is releasing. 
the popular 15-inch interactive ride repacked in Revenge of the Sith packaging. 2002, 2002 version retailed for $100 and now commands at least double in that price in the secondary market. Uh, so, congratulations, you guys. If, like me, you missed your chance the first time, you're going to be able to get yourself a little robot friend. Uh, Galactic Hunter also put their hand on some awesome front and back card pictures of the seven final 12 Revenge of the Set action figure. Well, seven out of the 12 ones. Uh, presenting Collection 1 figures of Commander Bly, Wookiee Commando, Commander Gree, Grievous Bodyguard, Basil Argante, Cat Min, and the Nemodian Commander. And, of course, you can just follow the link into the chat, which is being put up right about now, as soon as I can get rid of the little space in front of it. It's really fun to actually do the news and produce at the same time. Okay. So, Burger King, you mentioned it. Steve Sansuit was interviewed by our friends of the Galactic Hunter at the uh, at Dragon Con. And last week they posted the interview. And uh, we should be able to see Rancho Obi-Wan on hyperspace soon. For those of you who were listening into to us last week, you may remember that I mentioned the flicker pick of Bunny Girl's uh, tour of the uh, Rancho Obi-Wan, so there might be a preview. Who knows? Future of the fan club has been discussed as well, and uh, basically they're keeping the fan club going internally. They're getting it to do a lot of additional things in the future. They're working on a future event as well, and uh, they're hoping that it's going to stay up as long as it possibly can and that the fans will remain with with the, the, the Star Wars fan club. Uh, in terms of the TV show, they actually started pre-production on the animated series and it should be airing in 2007. So, celebrating 30 years of Star Wars digitally in 3D on Saturday mornings. Very cool. Wouldn't that be cool? I don't know if it's going to be Saturday morning. Saturday morning. I'm mornings, just saying so. They've like taken the most cartoon programming has been moved uh, out of Saturday mornings. Yeah. I yeah. wish I could do, like, Saturday morning programming. It would be really cool. A lot of Justice, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, Teen Titans, things like that. Transformers. Spider-Man. Maybe a little bit of G.I. Joe here and there. Who knows? Were there any thoughts on Celebration 4? Well, they're looking into it, and hopefully by the end of the year we'll know whether or not there will be a go-ahead for Celebration 4. StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars fan audio on the Internet. It's your home for Star Wars fan audio genre news, a comprehensive catalog of fan-made Star Wars radio shows, parody tales, and serious audio dramas, with behind-the-scenes features, a message board, reviews, tutorials, convention coverage, an internet movie database-style directory of the entire Star Wars Fan Audio community, and the only Fan Audio community-recognized Star Wars Fan Audio Academy Awards held each year. StarWarsFanWorks.com. Fandom has a whole new sound. Alright, well, in Fan Audio news this week, Center Point Arcade announced, of course, Eric Holp, who recently announced the launch of a mist-based audio drama called The Book of Atras, has recently announced the two new titles. The first new title is the name of his audio production team, which will we know as the Terry Audio Productions. Second new title is for a brand new radio show based on Star Wars video games, a new fan radio niche, entitled Centerpoint Arcade. The program should launch in either very late September or October. The Terry Audio Productions website 
is available through fanworks.com. The Galaxy Report joins Fanworks. Uh, we've received word back from Ferrik Asaka, one of the creators of the Galaxy Report, placeholder and interest gathering page. We set up for the Galactic Report has now been transformed into a regular project page for the show, including an episode directory and more detailed information. Uh, you must be aware that the Galaxy Report recently released its ninth episode that you can currently find their most current episode on their website, thegalaxyreport.blogspot.com or the newly launched thegalaxyreport.com to get caught up on what you've missed from this Galaxies-oriented production. So more Galaxies news. Rony Zone Radio number 5 is released. Uh, it was released on September 9th, 2005. Rony Zone Radio returned with RZR number 5 featuring the start of a mul- new multi-part discussion on Finding God in Star Wars. Stick around for the con- continuation soon in RZR number 6. Rony Zone Radio. That's right. So Butlers still makes the news on StarWars.com. Star Wars Tales stories collected for January. Longtime fan audio listeners will likely remember the behind the scene hub hub last year when Fanworks and Razor's Edge audio founder Nathan P. Butler had the chance to write for Star Wars Tales number 21. After being offered the opportunity in March 2004, Story Equals and Opposite, starring Kyle Katarn and Jan Horse, was released in October 2004, a little less than a year ago. Now, in keeping with Dark Horse Comics' tradition of collecting four issues of Star Wars Tale at a time into trade paperback from StarWars.com, is reporting that the final four issues of the series, including Tales number 21, are being collected into Star Wars Tales Volume 6, for which they are giving a project a release date of January 2006. Because I think the Star Wars Tales, one of the final one, is coming up pretty soon. This final collection is not yet being detailed on DarkWars.com, but you can find a story from StarWars.com at the link provided on StarWarsFanWorks.com. For fan audio fans who are hoping to get a copy of Equals and Opposites, signed by Butler, either via mail or con- at ConCarolina2006 in June, this new printing of the story should provide one last chance to get your hands on the tale. So, you can go to StarWars.com for more information. Code Audio Productions updating. It has been a while since the last update on what's going on with Code Audio Production. New projects are afoot, and others are moving forward. First, Fortitude and Redemption, the second chapters of Conquest of the Empire, is nearly complete. And if all goes well with the final voices, uh, voice files that will come into quotes Joe's Harrison, we should expect to be hearing about release of Code Number 2 sometime next week or the week after. Second, third chapter of Conquest of the Empire is already in the works. Casting should be taking place soon for any roles all not already filled. Can I be Salacious Crumb? <laughs> Finally, as mentioned in the previous casting call, News Byte Harrison is also heading up New Header Realm Audio Drama. More information on this new weapons and warfare adventure can be found on Quote Audio Production website. Star Wars FM number 4 and 5 are announced. Matt Lowen of Star Wars FM has dropped a line to let us know to expect in two upcoming October edition of Star Wars FM. First, Star Wars FM number 4, the Lowens, will be reviewing The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and Lost Cause. There is no hope. This episode is coming on October 1. Then in Star Wars FM number 4.5, say it for October 15th, the Lowens will review Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Then continue with a fan film review of P.O.R.'s and Duel of the Fakes, the series from Trunks with Sticks. Also remember that before uh, before either of these new episodes arrive, another is saved for September 15th, featuring the theme first full-length 
film commentary, Batman Forever. You can follow the upcoming episode list at StarWarsFM.com or more on StarWarsFanWorks.com. And Star Wars Action News number 3 has been released. So the third podcast on Star Wars Action News has hit the net on September 12th. Right uh, out of Asbro, Halloween candy, and DVD topics. Collectors should be definitely get on board with this series, Star Wars Action News, that is. Well, what's going on in the community news uh, this week? Well, not much, actually. The Bloody Greeks will be meeting on Monday, September 19th at uh, 3 o'clock. They will be meeting at Monastiraki High SAP Station. Food, drinks, and deep philosophical discussion will follow. Of course, they're Greek. That's pretty much what's been going on in the world of communities of Star Wars. And uh, Danny's in France. So I know I know they had a meeting over there. We'll probably hear all about it when he comes back. Cool. Yeah. That's it. Isn't it isn't it weird? It's like there's absolutely nothing in the community update this week. You know why? Because everybody's still doing the effort to help people and folks who actually need help from Kat- from Kat- Katrina. So congratulations to all of you who actually participated in those uh auction on eBay. Thank you. Did you? <laughs> Okay, now we're going to go to Stormtrooper Bomb number 12, of which, of course, I forgot the name. You know why? Because it's not on the playlist. Well, not on the playlist, I'm using The Rescue of Lewis. So we're going to be listening to The Rescue of Lewis, then we'll be f- it will be followed by a short sponsor break, and we'll be right back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom with our main subject Star Wars is it popcorn or Shakespeare hi this is Dario and Blade from www.jeditalk.com be sure to join us for our show every Sunday night live where you can listen to the latest Stormtrooper Bob join us for our trivia contest listen to live interviews with authors like Michael Stackpole or Kevin J. Anderson Also, a full two hours of Star Wars talk every week. So, remember, dark side or light, join us Sunday night. Good evening. You might remember me as Lieutenant Regor from the first episode. I have been unable to get any other work in this series since then, so I have fired my previous agent... And I'm now back as your narrator. I now bring you to episode 12, Stormtrooper Bob, The Rescue of Lewis. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Bob and his squad enter the main adet as it is sent down to the planet of Hoth. We join Bob now as his squad starts walking towards the rebel base. Wow, I like the kilt on this new Stormtrooper armor. It's kind of like my favorite Moomoo back home. You are Moomoo? Once again now, you two shut up. 
We need to concentrate on flushing out these rebels so that we can slip away and go find Lewis. Attention all stormtroopers. If you look out to your left panel, you'll see that the rebel snow speeders are engaging us. Please keep your seats to the full upright position and thank you for riding Imperial at it. Holy crap! They just tripped the Adat! Bob! If we go off on our own, how will we get back to the Star Destroyer? Well, Vader's plant is sitting uh, down a shuttle 48 time parts after we land, so uh, we have to get back to that position, Lewis or no Lewis. Bob and his squad disembark to the rebel base. Oh, oh, my stomach's churning! Oh, I'm feeling lightheaded. Oh, I'm getting all queasy. Twitch, help me get my helmet off. Just a second, I gotta find my prey bar. Oh, I'm sorry. I get at that sick. All that bumping around is murder on the stomach. Why don't they put wheels on that darn thing anyway? Sensitive? I've seen you eat raw jawa. Oh, never mind. I'll be back in a minute. Hey, Opie. Come here. I dare you to put your tongue on that adat leg. Well, I don't think I should be doing that. Oh, you little wussy. Put your tongue there. No, I don't think I'm going to. Wussy! Wussy! Oh, look at me! I'm Opie the Wussy! I think I'll put a dress on and swish around for everybody. Alright, that's enough. I don't I don't have to put up with it. I'll just go... Fine. Fine. I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay, look. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm back. Uh, Lord Vader wants us to walk into the rebel base with him. Uh, hey, Opie, what are you doing? Ah, look what that bant is rear-ended now. I turn around for two seconds, and he stuck his tongue to the adat. Well, well, get unstuck. Get unstuck. All right. All right, well, catch up when you get unstuck. Come on, Scott, we yeah. gotta get going. How the hell I get unstuck? Huh? Guys? Guys? This private Opie tries to separate his tongue from the Adat, Bob and the rest of the squad meet up with Vader as they walk to the hangar. Oh man, there goes that Millennium Falcon again. Vader does not look happy. Um, Bob, how can you tell? Well, you can see it. Just, you can see it in his eyes. And how can you see his eyes? Well, oh, shut up. Where is that Opie? He should figure out how to get his tongue unstuck by now. He's coming this way, sir. Hi, I'm, I'm here. Sorry it took so long. That's all right. Uh... Hold on, and I'll be right back. Hey, Opie, why don't you put your tongue to this communications tower? What 
against Doug like the last time? No, the last time it was an AT-AT. This is a communications tower. They're two completely different things. Oh, oh no, you will not. Look, we've been released to go find Lewis, and we just don't have that much time, so we need to get going. Bob and his squad venture out into the wasteland's half. We now join the squad as they trudge through the snow. Oh! Oh, I'm freezing! Well, we're all cold, Angus. Yeah, but I can't feel me legs! You can never feel your legs. I'm hungry. Oh, we've been out here for hours. Oh, we have not. We've only been out here for about 20 minutes. Are we there yet? I'm hungry. Oh, hush up all of you. I need to go putty. You should have done that before we left. Now hush up! As the squad progresses into the barren snowfields of Hoth, a blizzard comes up. The squad judges on in search of their lost squadmate, Lewis. As we join Bob, he has been separated from the rest of the squad. Oh geez, where are them guys? I I'm so cold, maybe I'll just lay down here for a while. Bob. Huh? What? Cletus? Cletus? Uncle Cletus? Bob, you must go to the Dagobah system. What? What? What are you talking about? And why are you blue like that? I'm blue because I'm a ghost, you moron. Wait. Well, that doesn't matter. I'm cold and I don't know where our squad is and I'm not going to Dagobah. Well, you go to Dagobah, and I'll help you find your squad. Deal? Okay, deal. Okay, Bob. Stand up, turn to the right, and walk ten meters. And make sure you go to Dagobah. Well, yeah, thanks, Uncle Cletus. Uh, Bob, your other right? Oh, okay. Bob walks ten meters to the right, and just as his Uncle Cletus said, the squad is to be located there. They move on into the snow. Lewis! Lewis, where are you? Uh, what, what was that? It sounds like a tauntaun, sir. Well, uh, what the heck are tauntauns? I think we're about to find out. Where are they taking us? I don't know. Maybe their king? Well, they don't smell half bad. They're making me a little hungry. Will Angus eat a tauntaun? Will Bob meet Cletus on Dagobah? Will Lewis be found? Probably. But listen us next week for the next episode of... Now let me see if I can do this right. I inhale and then shout, correct? <gasps> Stormtrooper Bob! This episode of Stormtrooper Bob is brought to you by Snow on Hoth. It's everywhere. Get used to it. Snow may not be available on some planets. Stormtrooper Bob has been brought to you by www.jedi.com. 
The voices of Stormtrooper Bob, ICU2, have been brought to you by Eugene Cash. The voices of Stormtrooper Opie and Stormtrooper Wedge have been brought to you by Mark Henderson. The voices of Lieutenant Reger, Stormtrooper Angus, and Uncle Cletus have been brought to you by Ian McCormick. Join us next week for another exciting episode of Stormtrooper Bob. Every collector deserves the best. That's why our main goal at Federation Toys is to guarantee the highest quality items for the lowest prices. Yes, of course. Come by Federation Toys for Star Wars collectibles. Satisfaction guarantee. Yes, nice right. Roger, roger. All Star Wars and direct listeners will get a 5% discount on their purchases. Hi, this is Michael Stackpole from TSFPN.com. We're really excited here because three of our member shows, Slice of Sci-Fi, Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd, and TheForce.net have been nominated for the People's Choice Podcast Awards. These shows racked up nominations in four separate categories, People's Choice, Comedy, Movies, Films, and Top Rated. Because they're our people, and you're our people too, we're hoping they'll be your choice to win these awards. You can show your support for Slice of Sci-Fi, Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd, and TheForce.net by heading over to www.podcastawards.com and voting for them. You can vote once a day now through July 31st for each show. Please vote early and often. Thanks for helping out. At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by our team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. This is Paul N., director of Lucas Online, and you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. All right, welcome back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Sometimes, between takes, it's so horrid in here. <laughs> so horrible. All right, Brian, who's in the chat with us right now? We have Blood Cat. Uh, Orn Frita, uh, Wookie Mart, uh, Tiger Claw, and Ikasara. And don't forget uh, Murphy. He's with Wookie. He just like moved in with him. Very cool. Yeah. Alright. Well, on with the main subject of tonight Star Wars. Is it popcorn or Shakespeare? This subject was actually brought to me by a friend of ours in Toronto called Tessa. Thank you for that uh, bright idea of yours. George Lucas once described the Star Wars prequels as popcorn entertainment, but with Lucas trying to tell the tragic story of one man's descent into darkness, should he be writing popcorn or Shakespeare? Now, isn't that a trick question? So, Brian, what do you think? Do you understand the question tonight? <laughs> I do understand the question, Sebastian. <laughs> so you're saying is it high art or low art? 
No, <laughs> I'm gonna hit you. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Basically, Star Wars, you know, has a lot of similitudes, similarities, similarities with some Shakespeare stories, and we are talking about some guy who actually goes straight down to hell, then comes back, redeems himself, redeems, redeems himself, and just gets back. Get back into his basic life of being a ghost for a few couple of thousand years now George Lucas wrote you know the basic Star Wars in order to attract a lot of people to come see the movie so that he could actually make enough money to pay his credit cards did he? something like that I thought it was because he wanted to write the story to what? He wanted to write a story. He wanted to write the story, but, you know, you, re- you needed to repay the studios and all that. So the story had to be good enough to be on screen. So, originally, my guess is that it was popcorn. Would you agree with that? Well, popcorn is so broad. Um, was it, you mean, was it just supposed to be this fun flick, don't think too much about it? Yeah, I'll say that. Basically, yeah. Star Wars can't take it too seriously. Okay. And it's just fun. Enjoy the ride. That's right. Now, when Shakespeare wrote Hamlet, you think he was thinking about the same way? Like, I want to save my ass, so I need the queen to like my play. Yeah, but you know what? Like, I think that all good stuff appeals to, like, a general audience. Okay. Most good stuff. Like, Shakespeare, it's all basic concepts, and you know, relations, relationships between different people. And that's, basically, there are only, like, seven stories in the world. And, like, every story since then is all just a different take on those, one of those seven stories, mixing them up and all kinds of different stuff. So, yeah, I guess that, you know, you can't get that much different. So, they are kind of similar. And uh, what was Shakespeare's intent, I guess, you know, to populate, you know, to, you know, give a little entertainment to everyone to get every hit every class level and I think Star Wars does that as well kind of hits everybody everybody likes it kids and you know teenagers and the 18 to 25 crowd everybody likes it you know everybody actually watches it yeah can find something interesting in it yeah okay what do you think about the story between Hanakin and Padme you're going to try and draw parallels between Romeo and Juliet here? Yes. Like Was I so blatant? A, yeah, but you know what? It's They're there. And, you know, but that's kind of a story that's, you know, in all kinds of different stories. Like, you know, love that's not supposed to be. They're not allowed to be in love. A side story. And all kinds of different stuff that's either directly inspired from Romeo and Juliet or not. Okay. It's not a... I think that there are a lot of parallels you can draw, yes, but there are a lot of parallels you can draw with any story written today. And how about the relationship that develops between Anakin and Obi-Wan and Anakin and Palpatine? Yeah, okay. I haven't read that many Shakespeare plays. Okay. I haven't read Hamlet. Well, it it was a week. You should have done your homework. So No, I'm kidding. I was um, I was the darkness one book. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Eh? 
All right. Well, basically that's the thing. It's that Star uh, Shakespeare wrote his play to entertain the general crowds at the time. And in a way so did George Lucas because his main goal for the prequels as he as he said was to actually make enough money so that he could actually make the other movie. Which hopefully w- well, not hopefully, but which thankfully for us really cool really good fans of the the work he did uh, we managed to see the entire things so you know thanks for everyone who actually went to see all the prequels in theaters and the 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 main story however if you take a look at the scripts in the in the books that that, that came out afterwards you can see that the way it's written is it, it's almost like classic literature like Shakespeare Shakespeareish, Shakespearean kind of way. All great tragedies are like that, though. But would you actually take the script of uh, uh, Band of Brothers and see it the same way? I don't know. I haven't seen Band of Brothers, and it's you're you're judging the art on the wrong level. Scripts are just a baseline for what the art will be once it's finished. That's like taking a sketch of a painting and comparing it to a completed work it's not a proper parallel you're not comparing them on fair levels here if you were to compare a Shakespearean play performed with good Shakespearean actors and performed to its best and Star Wars A New Hope maybe you can draw some comparisons I think that the test of time will if, if you know if Star Wars continues then you know then you'll be able to say yes they are of the same caliber. You can't say right now, I think Star Wars will stand the test of times because it's uh, a very general story. Everyone can connect to it. It's good, you know, good quality. It's fun. It's not too demanding on the brain. People should be able to connect with it for years to come. Hopefully generations and generations to come. Will you show it to your kids? And most likely. Most likely. Will you indoctrinate them into Star Wars no. mode? No. You can't you can't make them be Star Wars fans. They have to want it. They have to be passionate about something. You can't make people passionate. They just have to become Star Wars fans themselves. Yes. They have to find the compassion and the willingness to abandon yourself to something and totally geek out on it. Okay. I don't think you can force someone to become a geek. But what do you think? Do you think that 400 years from now, approximately, um, people will be looking at the Star Wars movie and they're going to say, that, that was great cinema. Those were great films. In the genre they were classified into. I don't think, I think um, the culture, uh, I don't know if academia will. I think definitely people will respect them. Say, you know, it's a good, a good movies for technology, storytelling, shit. They were fun. Everybody likes them. I don't know if academia will uh, love them as much as they love Shakespeare. Uh, maybe if the language changes enough, and in our English today is considered old English and very complex and, and and poetic. I guess one day, maybe, maybe, who knows. But I doubt it will be the case because we have such um, great recording uh, possibilities, DVD, hard drives. Everybody will be able to know how we speak. And I think that will put a stagnant. Yeah, everybody will know how 
we were and understand our culture more so than Shakespeare, who we just kind of like this kind of portal into the view of, of what art is what was like back then. We hard to record, know what it was like back then, so that's why we kind of take Shakespeare in such high light because it's all we have from a certain period, or it's one of the few works that we have from a certain period, so we respect it so much because that's all we know of it. Okay. And I doubt that'll be the case for the uh, 20th century, or late 20th century. So, do you think that, like, 400 years from now, people will remember Spider-Man as equally as Star Wars? Mm, I think they'll respect the comic books. Or at least I hope they respect the comic books. Speaking about the films. Speaking film to film, it's... I doubt it, because it's not Spider-Man's original, you know, art form. Okay. But for Star Wars, probably. Because, you know, there there are some movies when you go into Blockbuster, you just, like, walk into the sci-fi aisle, and you get those robots movie with, like, stop animation, MechWarrior-ish kind of thing. And you look at these today, and they were made back in the 80s. And you look at them, and you're like, that was freakingly cheesy. I'm like, that's never going to be remembered as a movie. But it's it's a good movie, but it's never it's never going to be remembered. I think Star Wars already with thirty years, we can tell that you know it will be well respected throughout. It'll stand the test of time. At least I hope. And do you think some sort of historical monument should be erected somewhere? To what? To remember the passion of fans for Star Wars. It's too early, dude. <laughs> Uh, I think the internet is enough. And if we keep the internet around, you know, the websites are going to stick around. They're not going anywhere. <laughs> Just Hopefully, go to Web oh. Archive or something, webarchive.org or something, a similar page like that. Yeah. As as long as the FCC doesn't put their ass on the internet, we're okay. <laughs> the FCC will not. I won't let them. <laughs> <laughs> Attack! Attack them! But, yeah, that's it. There's, there's most definitely... Similarities. No, they're they're definitely between Star Wars and Shakespeare. And well there are similarities because, you know, like Lady Macbeth can kind of be seen as a palpatine kind of uh getting, you know, you know, Vader to seize power. Come on, Vader, step up, you're the man. Take over now. No, I don't know. I'm not sure I whine and all that and eventually like she wins. pushed into it. Exactly, he's pushed into it, he's forced Like, either you let Padme die uh, Palpatine tells him Or you have to turn against people that raised you It's a strong, strong, you know Like, you have to choose That's right It's horrible, it's hard And the redemption in Return of the Jedi When he sees Luke being struck by those lightnings Barbecued? Yes and he can smell the burning flesh of his own no, son. No, I don't think I don't think he could smell anymore. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you think? Do you think that actually raised the memory of Mace Windu? I, I don't think Palpatine? Mace Windu gets the attack as much. Like, no, he doesn't get the attack personally. But it's like Luke was suffering as Palpatine was suffering at the time, and back then Mace Windu was basically the attacker, which was not replaced by Palpatine himself. I guess you could see it that from that point of view. I'm not sure if... I think it's more like Anakin remembers being put in this position, you know, choose Palpatine or 
choose family, choose Palpatine, choose family. And last time, Palpatine screwed him over, and he didn't really help him. Yeah. So, you know, well, who is he going to side with? Of course, he's going to side with Luke. And he always put his family first. Does he? I think so. He puts his personal family, but that's the way the Sith they think only of themselves selfless they're, no they're not selfless selfful they're, they're selfish yeah uh, we'll see I, I don't I don't know I haven't really will it test and the test time? I think that's the most important question I think it will I think it will but in what form how how will they say oh Star Wars wow amazing literature and, uh, one of the great writers of our, or great filmmakers of our time yeah probably probably you know one of the great filmmakers of the late 20th century well George Lucas has already received the AFI Life Achievement Award yeah but you can almost say that you know, he did you know. he received that not because of his work in Star Wars more for his you know, work in the cinema and improving the field yeah because what he's not a very prolific filmmaker. He's not like uh, oh, that's right. Then make like made a lot of movies. But no, he's made like what ten movies? THX, American Graffiti, six Star Wars movies. That's up to eight. That's it. Howard the Duck. Uh, he didn't make that. He wasn't the director. He was executive producer. It's a big difference. All right. He was still involved. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I don't think it really counts. Okay. And in terms of basic storytelling, mm-hmm. do you think that uh, a Shakespearean play would be put out as well, even still today, than a Star Wars film? Like not on the big screen, but like comparing comparing the play and and the film itself. Don't nod at me. You mean say something? What do you mean? You mean that? How would you compare the two of them? Yeah. Like put back side to side. Who which is better? Like yeah. one art to the other. I, I I think that's kind of hard to make. I like like Shakespeare's you know well respected, but I can say that I I connect more with Star Wars because it's more of the mythos that I connect more with as opposed to the mythos of the Shakespearean era. And that could just be said, but I, I doubt somebody from that time period would connect as well with Star Wars. They wouldn't connect as well with, you know, the whole space idea and science fiction, I guess, as well. But they might connect better with something like Romeo and Juliet, where it's kind of like this, you know, Verona and the prince and two feuding families and they get that more they connect more with that as opposed to you know the Jedi or the the, the Republic and the Separatists fighting over a galaxy I think the parallels one's viewed in Shakespeare you could see is a microcosm and then in Star Wars it's a macrocosm and I guess depending on how you see life and how you live you connect more with say the micro or the macro Depends on what kind of person you are, also, I think. Some people, I guess, would connect more with Shakespeare's view of 
how we saw the w- microcosm. Wouldn't you say that uh, episode one can actually be compared to Midsummer's Night Dream? No, not at all. And why not? Two completely different points. Midsummer's Night's Dream is all about May Day and the fantasy and people the the living in the forest where they drink elixirs and they forget who they are and they're driven by their passions. And wouldn't wouldn't you think that that describes really well Anakin's point of view of Episode One? I don't think so. He isn't. He wants to be a Jedi. He's not. He doesn't. He doesn't go out of himself. He doesn't become something he's not. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't have s- sex with animals or do something like like that in Midsummer's Night's Dream. Well, you do know they did cut a lot of things from Star Wars Episode One. I don't <laughs> think they cut the bestiality <laughs> scenes. <laughs> I, I just had a bad flashback of Jabba the Hutt and Gargula the Hutt. Oh God. <laughs> All right. The Episode 2 is, of course, Romeo and Juliet. Growing love with two people who shouldn't be in love. And Episode 3, I'm not sure. But I think Macbeth pretty much is the final verdict for that. Totally. And if we go into Star Wars, A New Hope, and The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi... What place can can you think of any play? None. You can think of three plays. That's like I can, I've only done like I've only studied Romeo and Juliet, Macbeth, and Midsummer's Night's Dream, which are the basic yeah, three most yeah. famous plays of Shakespeare. It's not like The Tempest or anything. Yeah. All right. Well, you could kind of say there's a little bit of uh, Julius Caesar in uh, Episode Two and Episode Three. Alright. So, can we say that. What, what can we say as a verdict for Star Wars? I think it fits somewhere in between. It's very. Uh, it depends on your point of view. Is it really Shakespeare or is it popcorn? I think it, I think it depends on how you're studying it, how you're looking at it, and how, what you take from it. Sure, and it's it's a morality play, just like Shakespeare is, and a lot of things are morality plays. They just try and give you a little message in there, just a little bit, sneak it in. They don't want to, they don't want to be didactic about it, and that's what I think Shakespeare does and uh, Star Wars does. They they just kind of slip the message in, okay. kind of go with the story. You know, guys, watch out what you're doing. Don't fuck around. So, do you think it's, Bob? Kisperian kind of way. I think, but Shakespeare isn't it almost like pop art though. Like at the time, it was pop art. It was pretty, you know. It wasn't written. It was different. It was definitely wasn't. It wasn't, but it wasn't like written only for the aristocracy. It was written also for the common folk. Like if you go back, if you see, go to the Globe where the, most of the Shakespeare's plays were first played. They had the parterre, and then as you went up in the stadium seating, you got more and more rich. Mm-hmm. Kind of the reverse of now, how it is now. It is the, the more expensive, yeah. the more expensive seats are down, down front. But 
Yeah, whatever. Somebody got wise through the years. I guess they installed seats in the bottom <laughs> in the first right. few rows, and everyone wants it in the first few rows. That's right. And uh, I guess I guess also uh, back back then you'd rather have the queen somewhere where she's a little bit more easier easier to protect than or she somewhere to be down with the common folk on the ground. Yeah, that's it because she's the queen. She's better than anyone else. <laughs> exactly. So I I think it fits in somewhere in between. Maybe like I think it they're they're classic stories and they're class they're just they're mythic and that's why I think. Elevates them, even though people don't really consider them. I think they're they're like diamonds in the rough. They just kind of be incognito. The Star Wars movies. They don't try and okay. They don't try and be modern classics like a, a Schindler's List tries to be a modern classic. Okay. If we talk about the novels, Star Wars books, just just of the just of the films, the novels of the movies alone. Mm-hmm. Do you think? They were written in a classic literature way. No, not at all. They weren't. They're not very classic. They're not very. They're not what you would say is you know classical reading or classical writing. They're just kind of movie adaptations, kind of like any. They're kind of like supermarket novels, almost sci-fi novels of today. They're not. They're not not high art. They're not low art. They're in somewhere in between. We just haven't found like the description for that yet. I think it's middle art. It's middle art, accessible for all, but you can take what it what, what you will from it. It doesn't okay. try and be something it's not. Ah, I see. I see. Well, I think it's like if we take in terms of the films, it's definitely popcorn. Because as we've been saying, Shakespeare at the time was popcorn. In a few hundred years from now, I hope that people will be looking at the Star Wars films and say, you know what, that actually makes a lot of sense, and back then it was like good to actually try and put a point into that. So I'm really glad that they they did the, the films the way they did, and I'm really glad that they wrote the novels the way they did, because I think the novels are... For, for my taste of, of literature are really close to just be classic literature of course they're not going to be recognized as such because that takes time just like it took a lot of time for people to walk around with middle heard books in their hands by I do mean Lord of the Rings here and I think that a few hundred years from now, people will be walking with the Star Wars books, and you're, they're going to be like, that guy reading that book over there, he's not only a geek, he's like an uber geek. He knows stuff. I guess. I, I think it'd be interesting to see how Star Wars t- stands the test of time, because it's, it's a very pop culture element. Think back, like, a hundred years. What was the most pop culture, you know, item? I don't know. hundred years ago. 1905. What was a big pop culture? And I think that, you know what, there was none. Because their mass media wasn't the same at all. Can't really draw any comparisons. We're kind of going into new ground. Where we'll go, we don't know. The beginning of jazz? Not really. The beginning of jazz was really the 50s. That's like 50 years ago. And even then, mass media was pretty big by then. 
but 1905, it was still, like, early. But if you look back to other examples, like Mozart, he wasn't well, he was like, he was respected at first. But then he kind of, people didn't respect him anymore because they just thought he was a goofball. And some of his later plays, like uh, The Magic Flute, weren't even put on, like, stage properly, and they were in horrible conditions, and they weren't well respected at all. But then later on, and later on, people started respect his work. Like uh, Bach, the hundred years after he was dead, nobody liked his music. It was frowned upon totally. It was like oh, so passe. You listen, you put on Bach, or you play Bach in your church. Yeah. Okay, Wookie Martin chat uh, is actually talking about the the story of the prequels and all that and it brings up an interesting point that George Lucas didn't portray very well in the movie the overtaking of Palpatine yeah. both politically and personally with Anakin well I think that he does because I think the whole idea is Anakin isn't a very strong person like yeah sure he can blast a hole through a door with his mind congratulations doesn't make you very strong personally He's subject to his emotions. He's impulsive. He's he's quick to react. He doesn't think about his actions. I think that illustrates perfectly. He's easy to manipulate. He he goes on the passions of people. And Obi Wan says it in uh, at the beginning of episode two. Episode two that uh, Palpatine was was quick to follow the passions in the Senate. That's how he stayed in power. He followed the passions of others. He knew who was talking about what and what they were concerned about. And that's exactly how Palpatine manipulates Anakin. He gets into his head, scrambles it around, and take and, you know, makes himself an omelet, and that is the end of the Jedi Order. That's good. I think I think it's it's very power. I think it works very well. Maybe, but do you think that Shakespeare portrayed better the uh, overtaking of Lady Macbeth? I think it's a totally different in, a, in the play. Lady Macbeth is his wife, so I think already she had a certain extra amount of power over him. <laughs> she was holding the big side of the stick. Exactly. She wore the pants in that relationship. Let's let's all be honest here. Okay. But do you think that they would definitely have portrayed a treason as such as Anakin's on a set, uh, on the scene? Do you think they would have told the same kind of story? Like, no, no, not the same kind of story, but do you think they would have told the story in the same fashion? Well, they wouldn't use the same devices, but they'd probably, yeah, they'd probably tell the story the same way. They would cut six months within two and a half hours. I don't know if it's six months. Is it six months? Yeah, it's pretty much six months. <sighs> that doesn't make any sense. I don't like the way he did that. <laughs> You're kind of coming back on your statement there. <laughs> they do six... I didn't realize it was six months. I thought it was a few days. Yeah, no, it's... It looks like a few days. But it's actually six months. Do they say that in the book? It's, it's actually the way that she gets pregnant at the end. And that the babies are... The term, okay. 
I thought she was you much know. more pregnant than that at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, but she isn't that much pregnant at the beginning of the movie. And she isn't that much very pregnant at the end of the movie either. She's about the same, man. That's like pregnant with twins at that age. She's like so that's like six months. Yeah, those babies are premature. Oh yeah, most definitely. And it's easily six months. What is sh- it? The timing doesn't make sense. It doesn't really matter because it's Star Wars. Timing doesn't really matter. Time could move at a different pace. They could call months could be years for them. It doesn't really matter. Timing on Coruscant could move very quickly, and uh, it could really only have been a day or something. But do you think that we should have seen more scenes of Palpatine talking to Anakin and saying, you know what, you were right to cut Dooku's head, and don't listen to the Jedi, even they say you were wrong in killing him. You know, the same kind of scene as you see in the beginning. Should there have been much more of these? I don't think so. You also have to think about that there's only so much time in a movie to set, tell a story. Yeah. You have to keep it concise. But there was, there was maybe two or two more lines I think around you, you would have to around reorganize that in the digital the version. You'd have to reorganize the Star Wars movies totally in the prequels and you're kind of caught because of the rules that George Lucas made up. You know, he's kind of screwed himself over in time because, you know, Anakin couldn't be too young, couldn't be too old. <sighs> puts you in trouble, you know? If you put him at 13, he's too old, start the training. Um, but then, how if he's younger than, like, 9, how are you supposed to make sure that, you know, he's... How can he show that he's really a pilot? It's unrealistic to have, like, an 8-year-old or a 6-year-old piloting a ship. It just doesn't make sense. Is it? If you look at nowadays kids, and you put them in front of an arcade game, totally different simulated experience. But if you were to put them in a similar environment, don't you think they would actually be... I think starships are a little bit more complicated than a joystick. Are they really? Yeah, I think so. Deflector shields and pitch and wavelength bullshit, I don't even understand. But yet, I can play video most video games. Not very well, but okay. Decently. I don't die in the first level. Too much. <laughs> too too much. No more Mario Brothers for you. <laughs> uh, Mario Brothers is a different story. Alright. Well, I think we're going to cut the show on that. So, final verdict. I think Star Wars is popcorn for the time being. I think it's a little bit higher than popcorn, I like to think. I, can s- I, I, I go into it thinking, like, acting like it's popcorn, just having fun with it, but... You know, it's. I think that's what it's meant to be. But there's also some elements that you know that are a little bit you know higher than most popcorn films. That's how I feel. Okay. I still believe it's popcorn, but I can understand your point of view, and I I hope that in the future is going to be the grade A popcorn. Oh, it's definitely a, you know good. Good popcorn. It's not crap popcorn like right, Pearl right. Harbor. Yeah, <laughs> you had to go there. <laughs> it's definitely good popcorn. It's good popcorn with real butter on it, not margarine. Real butter. Yes, the real shit. butter. And yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's really good popcorn, but to become grade A popcorn, it's gonna have to wait a few more years. To be recognized as such, I think it's po- good popcorn now. 
good art. Most definitely. And do you think that we can describe George Lucas as a Shakespeare of video editing? Digital video editing? Mm, yeah, he's he's very good with the technical stuff. So we can we could say that. I don't think it's a fair analogy to uh, Shakespeare of like wait, uh, Thomas Edison of video editing of digital video editing. Some I I get your point. I guess makes sense. All right. Well, b- before we dig our di- we dig our graves deeper. Deeper. Thank you. We're gonna close the show on this. So, if you like this topic, please feel free to let us know. If you have any comments about the show or that you would like to make any suggestions for upcoming subjects, please send an email to studio at swendirect.com. You can also leave a message on our blog or on our message boards. If you'd like to be a partner or a sponsor, you can send an email to info at swendirect.com. If you like the show, we suggest that you talk about it around yourself. Work them out is, after all, the best publicity we can have by our listeners. Bring a friend to the next show. Add our URL to your message board signatures, etc., etc., etc. You know what? I just want to point out that a few of you actually mentioned really some really great points um, on the uh, on the forums for this show. So that was really really nice. Thank you very much. It was appreciated and it was actually taken into consideration th- in, in tonight's discussion. Um, the next show will be on September 20th, 2005. That's next Tuesday. It's going to be Star Wars Sound Direct Cocktail for Five. So hopefully there's going to be five of us. It might Good be stuff. We, it might be cut down to four. Because Depending on availabilities. That's right. So... If we'd like to take a second to our, thank our sponsors, federationtoys.com, sitclan.net, of course our web host, simple-net.ca, which allows you to listen to the show right now, the Sci-Fi Podcast Network at tsfpn.com, our partners, anakinandhisangel.com, nerf-herder-anonymous.net, the largest collection of Star Wars references and actors, and it's all out there. If you need a Star Wars reference, it's there. FurryConflict.com, Trek Wars, The Furry Conflict Audio Drama, Millennium Falcon, Galactic Hunter, who are still keeping collectors on target, T-Bone Star Wars Universe, and the Galactic Senate message boards available at StarWarsWithAZ.com, StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars Fan Audio, and TheFandom.com, I believe, which is a very nice place to find all kinds of things out there. All these links and more are available on the website, www.swendirect.com. And for all both of us here at the show, we hope that you like this show. We hope that everything went well and that you heard us okay and that there were no major difficulties as we were having prior to the show's airing tonight. And this is Sebastian. And for Brian, we're saying see you next time on Star Wars on Direct the voice of Star Wars fandom. You were listening to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom.
be sure to visit www.swanzirek.com for more information about upcoming shows. This show has been brought to you by SimpleNet. Webmasters, online gamers, or administrators of e-business. At SimpleNet, we will always have a solution to meet your needs.